Welcome to the In the Limelight podcast. I'm your host, Clarissa Bird, and every week I bring you great information from fabulous people that I get to meet all over the world. I interview public figures, influencers, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, millionaires, and moguls that share their know-how, tipping points, pivotal moments, and life lessons. I promise you educative, empowering, and entertaining conversations with entrepreneurs that have a social conscience. Don't forget to find me on social. You can find me pretty much everywhere. Facebook, it's Clarissa Burt Official. Also sign up for my newsletter at clarissaburt.com. That way you can keep abreast of the In the Limelight media as it's coming out. And you'll be getting my weekly newsletter along with the In the Limelight magazine every quarter. Check out inthelimelightmedia.com. Hello and welcome to Bookish Meet the Authors, part of the In the Limelight Network. I'm your host, Nisa Gotu, and joining me today is Megan Smith-Brooks to talk about her book, Unraveling Grief, A Mother's Spiritual Journey of Healing and Discovery. Hi, Megan. Hi, Nisa. It's really delightful to be with you today. Great having you on the show. I'm excited to have you. Thank uh, you. So what inspired you to write this book? Well, you know, as a mother, I had one of the most heart-wrenching experiences that anybody could imagine. And um, when my 29-year-old son, Justin, was murdered. And May 30th, 2013 is a day that I will never forget when <clears throat> uh, my heart was shattered into a million pieces and um, my heart just stopped. And so I began this journey of what I call the Valley of Grief um, and discovered how to navigate it, um, what it's all about and how do you survive but not only to survive to thrive and ultimately it inspired me to um, write a book so that i could share my journey and and what might offer them support when they find themselves in that valley of grief yeah first off i'm so sorry that's i can't i can't imagine but that is horrible i'm so sorry um but how did you get through your grief and and, and uh, heartbreak to begin to heal because that must have been the most challenging well it's a process you know it's like people will tell you that but until you have to be in the midst of something that you can't even imagine you know because my son was murdered there was a whole lot of elements of horror um, that was added to the experience and i lived in nightmares for months you know i couldn't close my eyes without imagining what happened to him was he in pain did he know what was going on and you know and, and just trying to come to the terms of accepting a reality that my mind didn't want to accept. So having been a spiritual educator, I had some tools and practices that I'd used in the past, but it was very different when I had to apply it to myself. And so I really started to notice how I was feeling. And the first thing is, it's like when something traumatic happens, it's like you get knocked out of your body yeah. and, um, and you go really numb. And so I literally had to learn how to breathe again um, and just, you know, breathing in life and realizing, you know, our breath is what animates us. So um, it's a survival need <laughs> and to really, you know, just to take it in and, um, and just to sit with my feelings. And, um, and so I, I discovered that if I didn't take the time to really be present with what I was feeling, yeah. it would inhibit my ability to move forward. So it was one baby step at a time, you know, in my circumstance, a lot of new information would come forward and um, and then then it would trigger the pain again. I noticed people were uncomfortable with my pain. So it was like, how do I allow them to be OK with yeah. talking 
talking about it and um and forgiveness became a huge part of it and so it was it was like okay be gentle with myself what do i need to get through this moment um there is no blueprint to follow no that's that's not a tragedy that that has but what you said about um people as soon as they're uncomfortable they want to run away um I, I lost my dad. I mean, he was sick, so it wasn't I, nothing to do. But I understand that that need of like some people just they don't know how to deal with you, so they run away from you. But in your case, it must have been a lot harder because you had to deal with a horrible tragedy. Your son was murdered. And on top of that, people running away because they didn't know how to talk to you. And sometimes, does it ever feel that you sometimes had to take care of someone too? Like when you tell them your tragedy, you have to take care of them? Yes. You know, I actually came to having this standard phrase and people would say i don't know what to say and i would say i don't know what to say either and that's okay you know i appreciate that you care and that kind of opens the door sometimes to having more of an authentic conversation um because i recognize that people we we carry around unresolved grief with us you know maybe the little things that happen or things from childhood and we don't understand um, what to do with it or how to process it. The people around us didn't know how to manage it. And so when something or you didn't have time or you didn't have that moment to be able to do it. Well, exactly. Or we don't even we don't even know how. And so when something really intense happens, you know, and the loss of a loved one, and in my case, when it was sudden and um, horrific, um, all of the unresolved grief that I've been carrying around for my life up to that moment gets added into it. Yes. So I recognize that if we don't learn how to process the pain from loss as it happens, it will sabotage us in even greater ways down the road. Yeah. So that was a huge insight. Yeah. Um, and how did you deal with, you said you also had to learn how to forgive. How did you deal with forgiveness and anger amidst this terrible loss? Well, that was a huge thing. I mean, if you imagine, it's like to, to sit with the idea that somebody chose to intentionally take my son's life how could they do that and so i had to get out of that that place where we go to it's like why there's no answers to that yeah Um, and i you know from a spiritual place i understand that if we are not aware of our own divine nature then we don't choose to make healthy choices um we're more in a survival mode or you know we don't think about the impact of our actions on others and so i had to get to that place and my spiritual um training has taught me that forgiveness is about not about letting somebody else off the hook for when they've done something there's consequences to our actions Mm -hmm. but forgiveness is about releasing the energy so it doesn't hold me back Um, there's an old buddhist story that um, says um, unforgiveness is like taking poison and expecting the other person to die so it's like it's toxic yeah our body, our mind, our whole being. And so if we carry it around, it's going to limit us, it's going to inhibit us, it's going to sabotage us. So I I got to the place of, I'm going to release this energy um, for me. This is what I do for me. And I allow the court system and the circumstances to um, honor the consequences of those people that were involved. It's not my responsibility. Yeah. And it's a process. It's not like you go, oh yeah, I'll just forgive. No, it just, uh, I, don't, I mean, even for smaller things, sometimes it's hard for something like that. It's a whole other level, but like you said, it's not, it's not about the other person. It's about you 
and taking care of yourself and not having those toxic emotions eating you away. Exactly. When then I had to process the energy. It's like there was anger attached to that. So I found that a lot of times it's like doing something physical. So then it, it gets that out of your system. I mean, literally, I would go for walks. And if I came across a stream, I would take rocks and just throw it in the water. You know, it's like doing something. It's like if I had a dartboard, I would have been throwing darts. Yeah. It's, you know, get that energy out, you know, if your boxer or whatever it takes so that it, it's not sitting in you sabotaging how you show up yeah. and um and how you behave with others um, and forgiveness is a part of that process of getting the energy out so you have to ask yourself what do i need to do it's about self-care yeah awesome. yeah that makes sense and it's not like i said it's not an easy process and it's not about um letting them off the hook it's about letting that anger that those emotions that are that are eating you eating away at you Mm -hmm. yeah that's not again not an easy thing but it's and i don't want to direct it, my anger at others no. you know where it's just you you're know they're attacking have... it somewhere else or like a, like where you start attacking the people around you you want to release it in a way that's beneficial it's healthy you know yeah. find a healthy outlet for it yeah yeah which is which is a thing that it's difficult to to figure out how how that is for you right because it's a whole process um, oh absolutely yeah. Uh, what solutions do you offer for those impacted by grief in your book? And how do you know? And how do you know that they work? Is it the things that you had to go through yourself to figure it out? Yeah, I know because I lived it. And, um, you know, and I was very observant to um, what was going on around me, what was going on within me, um, listening to what do I need in the moment. And so, one of the first things you know i talk about is like you know it's like the breath gets knocked out of you it's like learning to breathe again um you know in my book i have a link on just a breathing exercise you know just practice taking in deep breaths letting go of all the stuff in your mind and feeling the breath and how it supports you and that begins to open the door to gratitude i can be grateful that my my breath is sustaining me and allowing me to um, have this experience even if I didn't want it. And then when I exhale, I can, it's another way of releasing anger and forgiveness too. I'm letting this energy go. I just imagine it's, you know, just going out of my body. And so whenever I felt triggered, then I could just take some deep breaths yeah. and just let the energy go. Um, and so what I recognized the huge thing was about self-care, as I mentioned, it's like more like self-love. Mm -hmm. How do I love myself? through this when i can't really even explain how i feel um my heart feels like it's shattered in a million pieces and um i'm like okay if i was comforting a child how would i nurture that child it's like it's like that warm hug that we want and and so i i would comfort myself not with addictive behavior i mean you know sugar and alcohol and drugs those all things help us go numb but in the ultimately um it just a band-aid go away it waits for you <laughs> so it's like a how just a little for little little thing to hold it for a second but it's not the it's not the this you're not you're not curing it you're just covering it up for a bit exactly so i recognize that self-care included um, what I fed myself, is it, you know, nutritionally healthy? So it helps my body because, um, the energy of grief, it takes a lot of energy to grieve and it depletes you. So you feel fatigued. 
So what helps you? Take naps when you need it. You know, don't beat yourself up because it's like you're not the same person you were before this happened. And I think that's one of the things that I recognized is if we think we're trying to get back into the same way things were, it's going to prevent us from moving forward because that will never happen. I've been changed because this happened. So who am I becoming? It's about getting to know my new self. And um, there's a curiosity that can come from that. Yeah. Listening to what I need and taking care of myself. Um, and eventually I came to recognize that if I was gonna move forward, I needed to do it in a way that honored my son. And so I thought about what are the things that I admired about him? Mm -hmm. The things that really made him who he was and made him special. And one of the things that came to mind is um, he was he was a crazy adventurer. I mean, he would take risks. And one time he told me, he said, you know, I don't know if I'm going to have a long life. So I want to make sure I get to do all the things I ever wanted to do, like, you know, jumping out of an airplane with a parachute and. Um, I have a video of him doing that and the, and the ecstasy and the joy and the delight that he did this bucket list thing. And so I recognized if I want to honor my son, then what if I have more courage? What if I live my life more fearlessly um, and move forward in a way to not just survive, but to thrive? And um, knowing that he's there to honor me and I honor him by becoming more of me. And, and that really was... Um, a huge aha for me to recognize. And that's what I want to offer other people. You can get through this one step at a time. Yeah. Uh, what discoveries um, have you realized within grief? Well, um, you know, one that you can survive. Yeah. Um, and I think it was like, I had to find room for grief. Yeah. I wrote a book, I had this real deep insight when I was saying, well, what is grief about? What, you know, if it's supposed to, if it serves a purpose in our human experience mm -hmm. that we can't escape, then what does it have to offer? And I recognize it as a teacher, but also it's like it becomes a part of us. Mm -hmm. So if we're trying to reject it, then we're rejecting a part of who we are. So as I came to accept it and was willing to go in, I, I have this exercise I call feel to heal. Um, to go in deep into the pain and to feeling it, I can recognize that it's offering something of value to enhance who I am. Yeah. If I'm willing to accept it, and then as I get to know who I am and using this, I really become more of who I am. And that was the, the most amazing gift that I never would have imagined that came out of this experience. And, um, and ultimately, it was about being grateful for even the small things, you know, and, and initially my, you know, my son was found, um, he'd been shot, his body was wrapped in a chain attached to a cinder block and thrown in a river. Oh, wow. And he was found in a river by a fisherman because it had been a heavy rainfall and he'd gotten caught up in debris. And, and so my first moment of gratitude was, I was so grateful his body had been found. What if he had disappeared forever and I never knew? So it's like the, the little tiny things that you can find within the moment. Gratitude is an energy that opens our heart and allows us to begin to accept um, the fullness of life. Yeah. 
Um, when my dad passed away, I five years ago, I can honestly say I struggled with finding time to grieve because I lost my business partner, my mentor, and my father all at once. Wow. So it's what well, I didn't have time to grieve. I had to run a business. I had to mm-hmm. continue working. And then I had to take care of my mom. And, and I realized one day I'm like, I need to go to therapy or do something for me because I haven't had the time to grieve. I've been basically running on trying to hold everything together. And but what you said is true. You need to take that time to actually sit with the grief. And then I, it's hard, but I didn't, I didn't feel like I had the, the time to do that because I had to take care of my mom, I had a business to run. How do I find that time to, for me? Exactly. And one of the things that I learned that I had to do because I was um, uh, the spiritual leader and uh, senior minister of a ministry at the time is I had to compartmentalize my responsibilities with my self-care. And I literally put on my calendar time for me to grieve. I made it a priority, just like I would have scheduled anything else instead of it's like something I have to fit in. And I recognized that it was important that I would be able to show up better for my other responsibilities when I took time for me. Yeah. I mean, I learned that now, but at the time it's, 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 it's hard when you're, when you're like, when you're in the midst of it and you have to deal with it, everyone deals with it differently, but yeah. But it, that's it's. But hearing this, I'm like, okay, now I need to make sure I take time for this grief because it hasn't gone away. Yes, time has passed, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the grief I've dealt with it. It's a very big difference between you thinking time, oh, it's healed because time has passed. No, it's not. So it stays with you. But you, I've learned to maybe manage it in a way that probably isn't healthy if I don't start taking time for me. Exactly, and you know, and and it gets triggered again. You know, and in different ways, it it might not be as harsh as it is initially, but it gets triggered again. And so if I know that's going to happen, I can prepare myself for managing it in different ways and honor myself. And and I didn't mention, but one of the important things is, is to not be afraid of your tears. Yeah. You know, your tears are a form of cleansing, but also it's it's letting the energy out and it it reminds you of your capacity to love. And what a beautiful thing is that. Yeah. I mean, for you, it's been how many years now? Oh, oh my gosh, I can't believe it'll be nine years this May. Wow. And it, it and sometimes it feels like it was just yesterday. Yeah, and then there are times that time has passed quickly and then you feel like it, it's, it's like, but it's a process and it's important to realize that it's not always, it's not going to get easier. It's just going to, like, you know, you're going to be able to see the signs and they're going to deal mm-hmm. and be able to notice when they're coming and be like, okay, I need time for me. I need to deal with this. I need to, I need to sit with this or whatever it is, but it's not, and it's never going to get easier. I think people assume that grief gets easier with time. It doesn't. You just learn to recognize it when you need time for yourself. Maybe it transforms so that it becomes different. Yeah. But you know, there's still moments where um, something gets triggered for me and, and the anger comes back up. It's like, I don't want to have to accept this. I want to see his face. I want to hear his voice. I want to see his smile. I want to hug him. And I just want to scream. I call it the deep internal scream, you know, and that, so I have, you know, my go-to things. What do I need to do? For me, a lot of times it's just going for a walk in nature um, so I can breathe and, and get reconnected with life. Or I have my favorite picture, the last picture I had with the two of us together. Um, where he's looking into the camera and I can see his beautiful blue eyes and um, I can just, you know, feel his presence. 
um, whatever it takes. And, you know, it's, it would be insensitive to say that it's easy. Yeah, it isn't, but it isn't. I never, but that's a thing. It takes time, but um, where can people find you and your book? Um, my book, Unraveling Grief, A Mother's Spiritual Journey of Healing and Discovery. It's on amazon.com in paperback and Kindle forms. Um, I have been working on an audio version. Um, or you can email me at unravelinggrief at gmail.com if you have any questions or um, you want to know how I can support you in your grief journey. Yeah, that's my second question was going to be, and how do they contact you for your grief um, coaching program? Um, I do individual coaching and I also have a course um, that um, they can do that's a self paced, but also has live Q&A calls with me to support you along the way. Well, thank you, Megan, for, uh, for joining me. It was lovely having you on the show. I hope that you can continue to help others with dealing with their grief and finding their path to, to healing. Um, and uh, thank you, everyone, for joining me and see you next time on Bookish. Meet the, uh, meet the authors, apparently. I forgot how to speak today. Bye for now. <laughs> thank you. Bye-bye.